Hey, we're live. We are here. We are on Facebook. And we're live throughout the cosmos, I guess. That's what they say. Um, frankly, not a lot of people watch it, but that's okay. I have fun, and the fe- people that do give me good feedback. So there we go. Uh, good morning. This is Tim Patterson, uh, Trade Show Guy. It's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for July 2nd, 2017. I'm Tim Patterson, uh, author of Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level, blogger at tradeshowguyblog.com, and owner and founder of Trade Show Guy Exhibits, uh, project management company, uh, exhibit company out of Oregon. You know, I, I was thinking, uh, yes, I wrote that book to self-publish the trade show success, but you know, I did a, a book before that, which was self-published very small. Um, uh, this, the current one is on Amazon. You can just buy it. It was self-published. It was nothing wrong with that. The other one I just self-published and printed up like 50 copies and gave it away. So I guess I could say I, that's my second book, but also if you go back, I did an ebook back about 2008 or nine. It's been a long time called 101 Rules of Trade Show Marketing, which uh, was downloaded. Uh, I promoted it like crazy for, um, gosh, uh, years. And, and uh, at one count, I down, it was downloaded over 5,000 times, and it's still out there somewhere. So so what's going on here in the trade show guy world? Well, <laughs> I spent a couple of days walking the floor at IFT in Las Vegas. Uh, a week ago this morning, I woke up there to walk uh, almost 14 miles that day through the trade show, through Las Vegas, uh, down to Mandalay Bay from the Sands and Harrah's and all that stuff. Um, the International Food Technologists Trade Show. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that's it's got around 30 or 40,000 attendees and over 1,000 exhibitors. So it's a pretty decent-sized trade show. Not as big as the one that I, I go to every year in March, which is the uh, Natural Products Expo West with over 3,500 uh, exhibitors and... Uh, gosh, 70,000 plus attendees, but the IFT is pretty big. Uh, and a lot of the, uh, exhibitors are, are the same exhibitors. I, I should say there's some crossover. There's certainly a lot of people that go to, um, expo that do not go to IFT and vice versa, but, uh, there are, there is some crossover. Uh, so some observations, uh, regarding the show and its exhibitors, just kind of my first time walking through. I've never been to the show. Uh, three-day show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. A lot of international exhibitors there, including South America, the Far East, and Europe, uh, although the bulk, of course, were from the USA. But I'm always curious how much business comes out of the show uh, for companies from, you know, say, China or South America. There were a lot of exhibitors bunched together by country. Uh, some of them had visitors. A lot of them had uh, a lot of visitors. Others seemed to be kind of looking for people to come through. So, But interestingly enough... Uh, when they opened the doors, I walked uh, immediately through the hall all the way to the uh, far side. And there weren't many people there for at least an hour or two. And in fact, I talked to some exhibitors that said, yeah, it kind of took a while for people to get over there. And I went back and forth several times. And I thought, well, okay, that's because all the food sampling is over at the where you first go in. So anyway, uh, what else did I see in booths? I saw really big monitors. I, I kept noticing monitors on these uh, size of 60 to 70, 72 inches. That they're big. They're they're very prevalent. You see lots of them all over the place. Uh, the challenge, though, interestingly enough, is to keep a, a program playing at all times. I saw a number of monitors. Took a couple of pictures of some um, uh, some <laughs> technical snafus uh, that were kind of funny. So uh, maybe I'll post those in some later blog post. Um, you know, you just got to shake your head. Someone's not paying attention. Uh, I did talk to um, a gentleman uh, about it. Uh, I, we started talking about what they had, uh, the program they had on their monitor. 
And uh, he was just curious of what I thought about it. And I said, well, you know, I, I see the program. It's very nice. It looks good. I can hear some music. And, I, and I'm not sure if I hear someone talking. There's a lot of ambient noise in a trade show. And I said, what I would do if there's a script, uh, a, a someone narrating, I would I would put all that in closed captions so that uh, the sound is going to get lost. But that would give a, people a chance to... Uh, actually see what is being said if you close caption he goes oh that's a good idea i'm gonna do that uh virtual reality uh if you read the blog post i did earlier uh in the week last week about the show i gave i had some trade show guy exhibit awards i mentioned vr now uh i have only experienced vr a a few times um so i'm not um very familiar with it i kind of know what it does uh I, i wasn't impressed frankly with with what i saw uh, the challenge is to come up with a program that's worth the investment. And last year we had a guy on from, I think, Foundry 45 uh, that does some VR stuff and programming. And it's, it's actually fairly expensive to do a custom program. And I get that because it takes a lot of time and thought to, to put that together. So what can you put in there that is engaging once someone puts on the headset and the headphones? Uh, what I saw was not all that engaging. And so I think that is the big challenge with VR is to have something there. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering... You know, how effective will virtual reality ever be in a trade show setting? Uh, you know, also, I look for interactivity in booths um, and I, because I think that, that, that can really draw people. Uh, but it kind of depends, I guess. I was walking by um, some booths. There were certainly some things to do. I mean, obviously, food sampling is one of the big things to do at a show like that, uh, but not much more. One person uh, flagged me down and said, hey, you want to wash your hands? And I went, Okay. He had a machine, you stuck your hands into it, and he said, here's what it does. Six seconds of soap and water, and then six seconds of water, and then you pull them out and you dry them. Uh, it's for like food service and things like that. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. So I did that, um, and that was, I guess that was the most memorable interactive that I had, um, and it's certainly for a very specific use. Um, so anyway, along with VR, VR didn't seem to draw much of a crowd. There were certainly a few that I saw people sitting at and took some pictures of people looking around in space with their VR goggles on. All right, so, um, oh, I did notice, I want to mention this. Uh, both days that I was there, I was there two out of the three days, the beer was being served by 3.30. Now, the floor shows closes it at 5, but uh, they were serving beer at a number of booths at 3.30. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. Uh, so from my standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, I, I didn't take too many books. And what I do is I... I um, they're way down there. I give away copies of my book, or I offer to do to do that. I said, "Hey," uh, and people will sometimes flag me down, and then I'll um, uh, talk to them, and they'll ask because my badge for some reason this time had trade show guy right across the top. I was a guest of Maduri Farms. Maduri was a uh, a client of ours. We did a booth for them last year. They set it up this year. Went flawless. It was great. Good to hear all that. Um, and if you want to check the blog, you can find pictures of it. Really, really cool booth. But. Um, so people will get into a conversation, and I'll offer to uh, give them a copy of my book. Uh, and I take a few, just in case some people want it then. But I say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. That does a couple things. One, they don't have to worry about carrying it from the booth to their hotel, to the airport, and all that stuff, even though it's a small thing. Uh, the other thing is that in a few weeks, they'll get something from me that re- reminds them that some guy came by, some goofball came by and offered to give them a free book, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. And I'll have a business card in there and all that sort of thing. So I gave away 10 copies. I got another 45 I'm going to mail out. So for a couple of days of walking the show um, floor, that's not a bad outcome in my opinion. So I'll have people to follow up with on that. 
Uh, and I did mention the fact that we had Maduri Farms. They're very pleased with their booth, so that was good. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah what, what can I say? I was not a big fan of Las Vegas ever. Uh, 115 degrees or so for the high when I was there. Uh, I don't gamble. That's of no interest to me. I did go see the Beatles Love Cirque du Soleil, which was a ton of fun. Uh, even with a discounted ticket and a pretty good seat, it was still over 100 bucks. Uh, but well worth it. It was great. I'm a Beatle fan. I, I grew up with that stuff. I got to experience Beatlemania in real time as an 8, 9, and 10-year-old, so it was pretty cool. I did meet with a couple of people that are... Uh, I guess uh, one was an industry colleague. I got to meet with Anders uh, Bullinger. Bullinger, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Anders, great guy from the Infotainers. I met him and some fellow um, presenters for dinner one night, and then after that, connected for a drink with uh, uh, Russ, a publisher down there, a fellow member of the Shankminds Mastermind Group, publisher of Q Live in Vegas, and we had a fun time uh, getting to know each other for half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, and he lives right there, right off the strip in Vegas, so that was kind of easy to do. I do want to uh, throw in some trade show tips, like I do on every podcast slash blog. Trade show tips. What not to do in a trade show booth as a trade show staffer. Uh, these are the activities that kind of pe- keep people from stopping. Uh, like, number one, eating. People don't want to interrupt you when you're eating. You look, yeah, They don't want to talk to you. So, uh, Talking on the phone, ignoring the passerby. Uh, sitting at the laptop, ignoring the passersby. Uh, talking with a colleague, ignoring the passersby. Uh, or start in on a pitch with someone that stops at your booth uh, without even finding out if the person's a potential customer. By the way, I saw all of these at the IFT in Vegas. People in booths did all of these. They ate, they talked on the phone, they sat at their laptop, ignoring people, they talked with a colleague, ignoring people, and more than once, I would stop and I would be pitched on their product or service, they didn't have any idea who I was. They didn't ask a question like, what is your position? What do you do? May I interest you in? (laughs) Uh, So some of the things to do in a booth as a trade show staffer, smile and greet attendees. Uh, Stand with your arms at your side, not crossed, uh, near the edge of the booth. Have a good question to ask people that engages them. Ask people, perhaps, if they'd like to try a sample if you've got one. Offer to tell the company's or product's story or pitch without first just diving in. By the way, I, I did see all of those at IFT as well. So yes, there were some people that could use some brushing up and there were some people that were doing just a fine job. Uh, trade show marketing is not rocket science, but having the presence of mind to be aware of people as they walk by is just common sense. You know, not chatting on the phone in the booth, which tells the attendee that uh, whoever on the phone is much more important than someone right next to you in the booth, by gosh, that's not hard to do. Now, I understand sometimes you got to take a phone call, but uh, if you are going to do that, try and find someone to, if the, if there's more, if you're the only person in the booth and you got to take the call, you got to take the call, I get that. But if there's two or three or more people in the booth, you know, step outside the booth, walk down the, the aisle a little bit and take the call. That way you're not looking like you're ignoring people while you're in the booth. Uh, so I think that about wraps up our short podcast this week. I should have a guest next week and possibly the following week. I actually got two planned over the next uh, three weeks, so I'm not sure how they're going to fall, but we'll see. Uh, That'll be kind of fun. We're going to be discussing software and apps and other things that make it easier for exhibitors and uh, show organizers. And to finish off the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee podcast for July 3rd, one good thing, uh, back and forth from the show in Vegas, I was reading Al Franken's new book. I got it for my birthday uh, earlier last month, Giant of the Senate. Um, about halfway through, it's uh, really quite enjoyable. 
And it's really funny, no matter what your politics. And the uh, first third of the book is interesting. A great history from his perspective of uh, the early years of Saturday Night Live. Uh, I knew he was there, but I, you know, I real didn't realize he spent so much damn time there at Saturday Night Live, like fifteen years out of the tw- first twenty years. Uh, he, I think he went went there for five or ten, then went away for five, came back. Uh, the stories in there is really quite fascinating. And then to learn about the way he made his decision to run for Senate in Minnesota, where he grew up, the details of the campaign, which was one of the closest in history, really fascinating reading. Uh, and he's a good writer too. Uh, so Franken's book, Al Franken's book, Giant of the Senate, is the one good thing this week. Have yourself a great week.